Hey sis! From coast to coast, we're bridging the gap between the cisgender and transgender community, creating meaningful dialogue and space to learn and grow. Join us as we connect with our community, break down tough conversations, and get comfortable being better humans. I really hope that people that, you know, are a little more ignorant might watch the film and maybe learn something from it, you know, that it does come down to love and, and family and that's all that really matters. So, you know, I hope maybe we'll change some people, but could be wishful thinking, who knows. Welcome to another podcast episode of Hey Sis. Today is part two of our celebration of the Atlantic produced film, Dawn, Her Dad and the Tractor. Set on a Nova Scotia dairy farm, John Andrew, played by Rob Wells, has just lost his wife, Miranda, to cancer. The event sparks a reunion with John's child who returns home to the farm after having transitioned. The journey begins around Dawn, played by M Maya V. Henry, and her dad trying to rebuild a relationship around understanding, acceptance, and love. So from Trailer Park Boys to Tractors, we are joined by actor Rob Wells, who uses he, him pronouns and plays Maya's dad in the film. We're also joined by Breton Lalama, who uses he, they pronouns and plays Don's fast friend and ally in the film. As a queer person living in a rural community, Banu's um, character uh, brings light and a sense of space uh, to balance the tension around Don's homecoming. You may also know Breton from playing 41 people, yes, 41 people as the entire cast of Fully Committed, which recently ran at the Neptune Theater. Welcome to the show, Rob and Breton. Thank you, nice to be here. Thank you. So the, the film premiered this fall at Finn Atlantic Film Festival. What was it like being reunited with the cast and the creators of Dawn, Her Dad and the Tractor? Rob? It was pretty great. It was really nice to see everybody. And the, the response was really, really fantastic. And yeah, it was just a wonderful night over, overall. How long had it been, had it been since you'd seen, uh, since you'd all been together? The cast? Yeah. I hadn't really seen the cast since most of them anyway, since filming. So it's been like over, well over a year, wouldn't it? Have yeah, been? almost a year. Exactly. Actually. And uh, Breton, tell us, I feel like you're going to say you, you didn't get a chance to see everybody or maybe you dipped in and dipped out because was happening at the Neptune at the time. Uh, yeah. Well, I, it was my opening night. Uh, so I was not there, but I did get the chance to see it uh, in inside out in Toronto while I was filming some stuff in Toronto, it was there in a festival there. So I did see it then, but yes, I did not, I did not see it with everyone. <laughs> and you were missed. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm seeing Rob's face for the first time right now. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's so nice. Cause you get so tight. Don't you, when you're working on those kind of films, like how long did it Absolutely. take to shoot to, to shoot the film? Unfortunately, we didn't have, nearly enough days. I think it was 18, maybe. I can't even remember exactly, but yeah, definitely not enough. <laughs> it, was not, it was not a long shoot. That is so short. I'm, I'm blown away, actually, that you covered so much territory and content in, in 18. Yeah, probably really long days, though, for you folks, eh? Yeah, fairly long days. I mean, they went fast, but just, yeah, I wish we would have had more time, but, you know, it, that was the nature of it, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the way it goes, isn't it? Small budget films, they're fun, but they're hard. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially you guys are tackling COVID too on top of Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah, so. it, was, it, was, it was crazy. 
and maritime weather, like you're in the middle of yep. and the sky changes and like, it's like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> so uh, Breton in particular. So a line in the movie that jumped out to us um, is when you're introducing Don first to your boss at the cafe and he says, hey man, and you jump in kind of with a smile and you're like, oh, he calls everyone man. Um, kind of tr- backtracking to this, how significant is that particular line to you? Or were there any lines in particular that you felt kind of really represented the queer community in the film or um, how is the importance of kind of those situations in the entire story? Yeah, um, to me personally, I, I don't, I'm not very precious with, with language like that. So for, as a person, so for me personally, um, that is not like man or dude or guys or whatever, none of those things are um, things I, I even think of. I don't think of gender terminology as being offensive. I think it's, it absolutely can be to some trans people or to some people in general, but to me it would be a choice to be offended by that and I'm not. So um, that, that, that didn't really, uh, we talked about it, obviously the line and what was happening there, just especially as an actor, you do want to track that, especially in this kind of film, but yeah, for me, it's, I would do that if, if with my trans femme friends who are uncomfortable or worried, especially about how people are seeing them in that situation. Absolutely. I think it's just a way of saying, don't worry, we got you. We see you. You're, you're, you're seen here. Um, but uh, in general, I can't off the, to be honest with you off the top of my head, think of any particular, ah, yeah, there's one line actually where I'm sitting in the back of a car with Richie, who plays my boss, and Maya, and then um, in the front are oh, what character names versus people names. Amy and Reed are in the front. Yep. And then someone says something about dicks, and I say that's tough on dicks. Yes, I, thought, I love that. I did. I love that line. I thought that yeah. was yeah. It was. Yeah, it was very tongue in cheek and like funny and because uh, it's hard to kind of like approach sometimes those situations with humor and, and and going back to the other line too, I just think it just showed your sensitivity that, you know, you just kind of jumped in and went, oh yeah, he says everybody that, you know, calls everybody that and then he got on with it. Um, I thought it was nice because language is, is hard that way. I think even in our training, we'll say you guys a lot, won't we, Isaac? And Oh, I'm very bad at it. And I, and I say too, yeah. like, I, this is probably a little bit too much of a justification, but um, just growing up in Nova Scotia too, like everyone says guys, like it is very like blanket term for everyone. And, True. you know, as oh, like damn. trans person, I'm like, probably really shouldn't be saying that as much as I do, but <laughs> I blame rural roots. Um, but yeah, and that, and that I love the little moments like that, kind of as uh, Cynthia said, that, the little kind of like language humor that really relates back to kind of rural community and small town communities that people maybe from urban areas might not really understand. Um, so yeah, it was really nice. Um, Rob, so how, how closely do you relate to John Andrews? Like were there moments during the filming where um, you felt maybe your own experiences or emotions might've matched those of John? Um, in their reaction to Don coming home? I mean, I, I, I tried to put myself in, into that character as much as I could. It was basically Shelly's story. And, you know, Shelly is a, a trans parent and she 
it was her vision, her story. And she, she tried to coach me as much as she could about, you know, what her experience was like. And I just, I guess I tried to draw from that as much as I could. So. Yeah. So having played Ricky for like 12 seasons in Trailer Park Boys, like what kind, like, was it a big leap then for you to kind of sink into, uh, to playing the role of Don's dad? And was it a, a, was it a, did you find like it was a big learning curve in the sense of often being aware around gender identity and, and trans issues is not on your radar. Um, a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to it. So they don't really understand. And it's definitely a completely different character, which I was excited about just the chance to do something totally different was great. And I've been wanting to do that for a while. And yeah, I guess just drawing from Shelly and from Shelly's experience was, that's where, you know, I drew for most of the character, I guess. We definitely talked a lot about it. We did the short film Pearls before that. And that was a good a good start, I guess, to, to the, learning what the character should be like and what Shelly wanted from the character. I had a sort of a vision of the character and then Shelly definitely tweaked it quite a bit. And uh, so everything I brought to the table, you know, some of it stayed, but she she tweaked it a lot. Now she was she was a great director. She definitely knew what she wanted for John Andrew and she was very helpful to say the least. I love that because I was curious about what it would be like going from like working as a cast together on the TV series to her directing you uh, in a film in this position and, and even like how much you were aware while shooting Trailer Park Boys that she was a parent of a trans kid. Yeah, we were definitely aware of it. And, you know, we try to be very sensitive to everything she was going through at the time. And it was a process for her. And I thought we were all very supportive and, I mean, we're all very tight. I guess we're almost like a family as well. So, you know, we all went through it together and it was actually quite an amazing experience. And we're all very close with her son T now too, which is great. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I was going to ask uh, how your fans reacted uh, to your part in the film, or do you think that this film would be on fans from Trailer Park Boys? Like, would it be on their radar? Would they, do you think this is something they might watch? I certainly hope so. I mean, I think it's a story that is should hit home with everybody I, i'm hoping and it's just a great story about, you know being kind and family and love and yeah i hope everybody will give it a chance and i think you know a lot of people can draw some very positive things from it i've had a lot of feedback yet but you know the, the little feedback i've had has been all positive so that's good it's encouraging hear. yeah yeah because i because i and that's another question that i wanted to pose to you both as well because we asked we asked um shelly and maya this question last time we spoke with them but who would you kind of say the target demographic of the movie would be or maybe another way to frame it would be who do you hope sees the movie and uh maybe i'll i'll point that to you rob first and then Breton, you can go well ideally i hope you know pretty much any, anybody would watch the movie and you know and get something positive out of it that would be my my dream. I'm not sure. I don't think there's an actual target audience, but I really hope that people that, you know, are a little more ignorant might watch the film and maybe learn something from it, you know, that it does come down to love and, and family and that's all that really matters. So, you know, I hope maybe we'll change some people, but could be wishful thinking, who knows. I think every conversation and I think visibility is so important. That's why I like a film. Absolutely. Like yeah, we need more of it. And I love that there were so many queer people that were cast in the roles of, of yeah, so queer or cis people um, as well. It felt like there was a, a lot going on, even like with maybe some of the kids in the film. You know? No, it was great. And just, yeah, like you said, just given trans actors and actresses just the opportunity and just so that they're, you know, accepted and respected. I think it's very important. And a lot of the cast and crew, there was a lot of 
LGBTQ. It was just people of color. And it was a woman's story, women directed, women produced. And it was just, you know, it was just a really positive experience. Yeah, it makes you proud uh, to be a maritimer, you know, like to have that something like this. Absolutely. And I really hope that uh, I think it would be great for it to be in schools too. like even the upper end of elementary school. I think it could be so powerful if teachers got on the radar for that. And maybe, you know, when you come back and it re-releases in the wintertime, maybe we, you know, we just need to help target a few schools and get them involved and um, yeah, that'd be great. learning, um, learning, you know, through film. Um you know, it's just, it can really reach sort of that age group that might be like, ah, no, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Breton? Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much, like, I, I agree with everything Rob has just said there, and you guys, just, uh, you, everyone here has just said. I think, um, I think the good thing about it being a, this kind of a movie is it can appeal to um, perhaps because we've got a lot of queer and trans um, indie films out there that are a little, like maybe maybe would not be uh, family friendly, <laughs> but are great for young people. So who are questioning or need to see representation, but in um, to see this on a big, you know, Nova Scotia screen, hopefully you get families and um, a demographic that is perhaps less accepting or less inclined to accept because they don't know, so they fear. Um, yeah, hopefully you get them seeing it too. But again, agree. I think it's for, I think it's a story for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to see how the antagonist kind of like how evolved through the film too. I watched it with my son and, and at the end it was kind of like, oh, he, he, he got off, like he got off, you know, did they, did the police follow through? Like, did they, like what just happened? You know, he kind of got pushed out of the room, but there's a real, real essence to that, isn't there? Like it, you know, often you know, there's not a lot of follow through um, for people that are, are tormenting and, um, and transphobic and, you know, acting out in a transphobic way. Um, I thought it, I thought it was handled really well because it kind of leaves it to your imagination on what that person is going to, you know, they've lost space. It seems where they held a lot of space at the beginning of the film, they seem to lose that sort of respect from certain people around them. Um, even his dad, I think, who worked in, they worked in the hardware store, you know, kind of opened, was more open in the end and kind of like was disappointed in his kid's behavior. What do you right. think? I think um, something I really like about that storyline, and this could also just, Taylor, who plays Marty, is a buddy of mine. And so maybe this is like more than meets the eye stuff, but um, I think Marty is another example of what happens when you're queer and forced to be closeted in a small town. I think Marty's bullying comes out of the fact that Marty is not secure in his sexuality or gender. And um, I actually really appreciate that character in particular because I grew up in a town of 1,500 people. I, like, I, I think that's something you see a lot. And having to me there's no need like I, I I didn't feel um cheated that by the story that there's no police or anything involved um I think it's really powerful to watch a community say no to that and yes to we're embracing this person and their truth versus this toxic version of that um yeah that's yeah I love that no that's uh Same. 
Yeah. Really insightful. Thank you. Um, Breton, what would you say to kind of young or aspiring kind of queer young actors and actresses? Oh, you put me on the spot for I know. I'm sorry. It's a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Lay it on me. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag live, laugh, love. No. Um. (laughs) Put up on a sign. There you go. (laughs) Um, Just be honest that's a people thing (laughs) that just just do it like you're gonna no matter who you are or what your identity is as a person like if you're cis if you're white if you're mixed whatever like if people want to they're gonna find a way to hurt you and so don't let that stop you you're gonna if you're gonna get hurt anyway you might as well get hurt be and be happy in yourself and also, um, if, if it comes down to like a working actor thing, um, if you have an agent or people in your life who are telling you that you're coming out is going to stop you from working, break up with those people. <laughs> They're not there for you. Um, you. You can work as your authentic self and you actually will work more once you come out as your authentic self because then you're not gonna do the double layers of acting. It's going to get a whole lot easier and it's going to get actually fun. So just keep on going. Honestly, words to live by. Um, And uh, to yourself, Rob, as well, you have any, any kind of suggestions? I I love what Brenton said. Just be brave, I guess. Rob, you know, as a cisgender, like a white man, you know, have you ever been in a situation where maybe, you know, you needed to jump in and advocate for somebody, but you felt uncomfortable doing it or how, like, how would you approach those situations? I have. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's been a couple of times in the industry where, you know, people weren't treating people the way they should have. And I, I did jump in because I think it's important that, you know, you have to stick up for everybody. And so it was an awkward night, but I was glad I did it. And, Unfortunately, it turned a little physical, but you know, I just it had to be done. And so it's a couple of times now I've, I've, I've stepped in and just, I don't know, just felt like I had to. It's amazing because so often that's hard to do in the moment. And then you find yourself like the next day you're kicking yourself and you're kind of going, oh, I wish I had just, you know, in that moment. Well, that's what it stemmed from for me is there was an incident where I didn't and it really, really bothered me. So the next couple of times where the situation arose, I... I did jump in and felt good about it. Good for you. I mean, I appreciate hearing that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many, I, I think more (laughs) cis, uh, straight and white people need to talk about those uncomfortable moments that they have, like combating other people about discrimination because it's such a difficult thing to talk about. No one wants to talk about it because it's hard um, because you're putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, but, uh, no, I really value you, uh, sharing that with us. And it happens all the time because, you know, there's not a lot of education around for gender identity. And I've right. even found like when I'm advocating for my son, like being gaslit by school, you know, principals, advocators that, you know, they're like, well, we have these policies and you trust that they know. And you're sitting there as a parent, like in that moment going, I feel really uncomfortable about what you're telling me. It doesn't feel right, but you're in this position of power. So you must know what you're talking about only to go back later and go, no, they didn't have my kids back at all. They weren't supporting. They were taking the low road and the easy road. And so it is really about the more people that on the cis side that can advocate and stand right. up and it, it's empowering. Yeah, I totally agree. 
Yeah. yeah. Rob's the best at that. I can I can definitely vouch for that. <laughs> Maybe well, very I'm, good I'm, I'm still learning. Maybe uh, I have to admit, I'm still learning too. So yeah. the film was a great experience for me and you know we'll weave that into we, we all need to learn a little more what's that sorry sorry maybe they'll weave that you know something along that lines into the trailer park boys in an upcoming series could be really amazing well i mean that's one thing even from the beginning with trailer park boys we strip all the craziness away it does come down to family and love and you know even in the trailer park everybody's always been equal and there's nobody that's not equal i guess and that was always very important to us even early on so I mean, Randy and Mr. Leahy were one of the first television couples that were openly gay, I believe, and that was back in the early 2000s, so. Right, right. You know. That's very, yeah, that's right, huh. What are you, um, what are you on to now, both of you? What's, uh, what's your next steps in your career? At the moment, I'm back with uh, the trailer park thing. We're actually writing a movie and uh, doing some editing for another series I just, that we shot that was supposed to be done in March, but COVID put us behind. So I'm working on that. And I'm just finishing the screenplay that I'm writing on my own as well. Something I've been picking away at for 15 years. And I finally, with COVID, got a chance to finish it up. So that felt good. COVID has been positive for some, you know, in that way, sometimes a little bit of that creative. It's about the only positivity. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. take what we can get these days. That's for sure. That's right. <laughs> that's okay. awesome to hear, though. Right, and how do you follow up uh, your what you did at the Neptune, or like, are have you even recovered from that? Or oh, I'm still doing it. I have uh, what I have seven shows left this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, yeah, uh, I have Slasher, um, which I filmed during COVID, which is has come out, but has its it's a series, so that comes out on October fourth in Canada. Um, okay. I play a non-binary kid on that show, which is the first trans character in the anthology. So there's that. Um, Why the Last Man is also out right now. Um, I play a trans dude who is an ex-con in that show. You can watch it on Hulu and Disney FX. It's a really great show about, um, based on the comic strips, Why the Last Man. So basically, every living thing with a Y chromosome has died, but the writers and the showrunners are all trans people and um, queer people. And so they've revamped the 2000s comic strip to really focus on not everyone with a Y chromosome was a man and introduce all these trans characters. So it was really, check that show out. Um, I got uh, my play about the apocalypse and trans people. going up at Groundswell, uh, which is a theater festival in Toronto, and you can catch it online in November at Nightwood. Well, thank you so much, I think, for for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, guys, everyone. Have a great day. (laughs) All right. Take care, folks. Nice to see you. That's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. The conversation doesn't have to stop here, though. If you would like to get in touch with us to ask us a question or share your story on a future episode, you can email us at connect at simplygoodform.com or visit us on our website at www.hasis.com. 